Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. That's what I'm saying. There's 199 fucking things on that goddamn well, list. Well, technically it would be 200 because I already put UHF and uh, Amazon Women on the Moon in there. Uh, was it a Stallone double feature? The nose for us, doesn't it? <laughs> what did you say? Feels too on the nose for us. Like, uh, is there seriously no search feature? Probably not. Ah, there it is. Damn. No. What did we team it up with? Demons, 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 <laughs> demons, demons. Holy shit. Uh, Oh, Star Star Crystal. They were movies set in 2032. <laughs> it was oh, the theme. That's why I that couldn't remember the other fucking movie because it was one of those random themes that don't make any goddamn sense. You mean most of our themes? That's right. So, Doug, I'm, I'm assuming you put the Michael Caine movies named Sleuth Week? Yeah, I put those on there. Uh, do you know the one of them's a remake? Yeah. Okay. That's the whole idea. It's basically like a two-man story, and in the 72 version, uh, yeah. Michael Caine plays the young man, and then the old one, he plays yeah. the... Yeah, I know the, the movies. The other role. I'm just... I, I don't know them. I just stumbled across the, one of them, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, and when I Googled it, I'm like, there's two of these? I just want to make sure you're good. Um, yeah. Because I mean, we basically watched the movie twice. I'm curious how similar they are. Okay. Uh, oh, I do like Kronos and Let the Right One In. It's a good pairing. Yeah. I haven't watched Kronos in a long time. It's been a long time. That was just me struggling to find something to put with Let the Right One In. And I'm just it's, like, wait a minute. I know other vampire movies that aren't entirely in English. Yeah, it was, I was getting ready to say, I think Kronos is my favorite not a vampire vampire movie. What would be another one? Oh, fuck. There's a bunch of them. Uh, Life Force. I would say Life Force just because that chick's naked the whole time. I've never seen Life Force. You could change it up if you guys want to put Life Force with Kronos because they're both not a vampire vampire movies, apparently. Nah. I'd be up for a little watch and let the right one in again. Yeah. Apparently, there's like a TV show about it coming. Yeah. They're going to make a series. Could be interesting or it could suck. Did you watch the, uh, the remake? Let me in. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought it was pretty good for a remake. I liked it. Yeah. It's, I almost put those two together. Mm. I, I think the only reason I didn't is because I had recently watched that Carrie remake and has the, what's her name in it? Mm. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'll watch another remake with her in it. <laughs> 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 Not that the problems with the Carrie remake were her fault or anything. Just 
If, if I told you guys that like Peacemaker is fucking breaking my brain every time a new episode comes out. Because you love it? Yes. I'm like, I'm so fucking unprepared for this show every single time. I'm like, it can't, it can't possibly like fuck me up again. Right. And then that last episode, they had a 15 minute conversation about the band Hanoi Rocks. And I was like, what in the fuck is going on? I love Hanoi Rocks. See, bad we can't talk about that one in our post show wrap up, but Doug can't watch it. Watch it. What did you say? You got cut off. So I probably wouldn't watch it. Oh, you should watch it. It's actually really good. Yeah, it is. It is funny as shit. Weirdly, it is the biggest streaming show right now, which I did not yes. expect. I've seen that. I, it's actually kind of brought me around because I really, you know, uh, HBO has been working on that Green Lantern show for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was convinced that it was going to be shit. I was like, there's no fucking way HBO puts together a TV show about Green Lantern and it isn't fucking awful. But now that they made fucking Peacemaker, I'm like, okay, well, maybe if they find the right director, just let him go bonkers. Yeah. But I don't know. This one's James Gunn. You just kind of let him do his James Gunn stuff. Yeah, but he only like actually directed the first couple episodes, right? Uh, directed the first three, but he wrote all of them. So anything that is on the screen is still because of him. So if they pick somebody and let them just do their stuff, then I'm on board. But Green Lantern, that's a whole nother, whole nother situation. That's a whole nother genre. Yeah, it's going to be, especially if it is what they said it is, because they're saying it's not just Green Lantern. It's going to be Green Lantern core, which means it's going to be like all of them, Yeah, which is an even fucking crazier idea it's it seems like the budget that even hbo wouldn't be able to support the budget for something like that it does seem insane but maybe there'll be lots of buildings on oa for them to have meetings in so they don't have to cg the entire set yeah something or maybe they'll break it and make it like an anthology series where it's just an kind of like what they did with uh emerald knights and have a, each episode be a different green lantern mm-hmm. yeah i don't know we'll have to see because i know it's not related but the uh arrowverse is starting to go down the shitter so yeah I'll, i've kind of fucking fallen off all of it i even watched i know how much everybody loves that new superman show mm-hmm. and I just, it doesn't keep my attention. I watch one or two episodes of it, and then I just kind of fucking wander off. That's too bad. That's my favorite thing right now. I mean, it's not, it's not bad. It's just not great. I don't know. Like, the first few seasons, first, I don't know, two seasons of The Flash were just so fucking great. And I had such high hopes for all of it. And now it's kind of all boring. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Warner Brothers is kind of stupid anyway. They keep fucking up everything that's on TV, so they purposely canceled Supergirl because Supergirl is going to be in, I don't know, some other movie project they're doing. So they're like, well, we can't have two Supergirls, so we got to cancel the show. That's dumb. And then they got rid of uh, John Constantine off Legends because they want to do a Constantine, some Constantine movie or, or series on HBO Max, but they're going to have a black John Constantine, so they can't have the white one around. So they had to can't they had to 
boot him off the show, but they kept Matt Ryan around to play a different character. That's weird. I haven't watched it yet, so I'm kind of pissed off about it. Although I'm kind of I'm kind of excited. I, I could do a hard R Constantine show. That would be pretty good. I'd be fine with it too, but just just move Matt Ryan over to HBO Max and do a R-rated one there. He'd be on board. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why they're being or just, all like, or just have Idris Elba be Constantine. Well, there's that too. <laughs> uh, I don't know why they're being all like, "Oh, we're doing multiverse stuff. Look at this," and then being like, "Well, we can't have more than one character, so we got to cancel that show so we can do our movie one that more than likely everybody will hate." Whatever. Fucking Warner Brothers. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Like hey. said, so, so far, it always seems to be the opposite. The The ones I'm convinced that they won't be able to pull off end up being fucking fantastic. Mm. And then everything that I'm like, they can't screw that up, ends up being a pile of shit. Yeah, well, give them time. But hey, we shouldn't be upset. It's episode 200. Woo! I don't, Not be I don't, upset just because of that? At least on the show, oh. we should we should try to just be you know happy that just fake it that we've done 200 episodes, which actually we've done more than 200 because the commentaries don't count into the episode count. But plus, there's that lost episode, which is just us screaming about um, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> there is so. that. We recorded it. It's lost, but. There certainly is two hours of us just yelling into our microphones about how terrible that is. So. This movie fucking blew. Blew so bad. Yes, even talking about it disappeared. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we've done 200 episodes already. It feels like it's been like 50 at most. 50 quality ones in there, probably. Eh, maybe. Uh, that's high. <laughs> that is kind of a big number. No. Yeah. Yeah, I made sure to post on the Facebook group today that it was episode 200. Not a single piece of feedback. I believe one person commented on your Facebook post. Uh, yeah, one of them said, you guys do a podcast? <laughs> so, Good for them. Who was that? Uh, Sean Spinks. I'm sorry, you do a podcast? Uh, News to me. Good for him. Yeah, uh, there's some it, pictures posted under there. Eric given the Orson Welles gif of him clapping. And then Nathan giving us the Ash looking at his robot hand groovy gif. Uh, what more do you want? Uh, I don't know. Someone 80% did. of our listeners comment <laughs> on your post. <laughs> that is true. We have 257 members in our, in our group. And, uh, yeah, well, well, you know, we don't get that many you, downloads. Yeah, people are just being polite. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. You're not supposed to brag about I guess. six milestones. <laughs> well, we they, they don't want to leave our Facebook group because it seems rude to leave uh, a group with that few members. We would be able to figure out exactly who it was. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, too. Um, but hey, we randomly decided in the middle of last week's episode that we were going to do... UHF and Amazon Women on the Moon. Some crazy uh, television station stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's our plot line. 
<laughs> Pretty much. It's a big it's a big milestone episode, so we'll do crazy television stuff. Is stuff is that a thing? And to be fair, we didn't even realize well I was curious and looked. We didn't realize that was going to be episode 200 until after the sh- we decided that's what we were doing. So, <sighs> fairness, I didn't know what Amazon Women on the Moon was until, I don't know, three minutes after I started watching it. I'm like, oh, I see. This is what this is. <laughs> I didn't even know for sure it was a comedy. You still knew what it was afterwards. I had somebody in the middle of watching it once, halfway through, going, what is the plot of this movie? And I had to be like, this is it. You're watching. You're watching the plot. There is no plot. (laughs) Speaking of, Noah, why don't you tell us about Amazon Women on the Moon? Amazon Women from the Moon is a really high concept comedy movie that is basically a stream of consciousness style (laughs) movie based on the idea of you're watching a television channel where shit's just getting fucking weird Mm -hmm. that's that's the entire thing that's it's it's really hard to understand what this movie is without watching this movie it's going to be complicated to talk about too for but for people who haven't seen the movie i think the easiest way to describe it would be to say that it's kind of a an American response to Monty Python. It's sort of like the way uh, Monty Python's meaning of life was just a series of skits that played out and not necessarily a, an actual story. I think this movie's, you know, the U S kind of more slapsticky equivalent. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's, it's weird because the it's skits that interconnect more than you'd think they would but way less than you'd think they would. <laughs> it's yeah, like more it's, like they it's more like they bleed into each other. It's almost like a Mr. Show-esque type thing before no. Mr. Show. Did you say no? Is Doug talking and I can't hear anything? No. Sorry. No. What? <laughs> Did you say something? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Sounds like you cut out, so... I think another important thing to note about this movie is, God damn, that cast. Yeah, the cast is pretty amazing. Like, over the fucking top phenomenal. Like, I guess me and Noah Noah have seen it before. Doug's never seen it. So what did you think of it, Doug? No. Went in completely blind, by the way. Uh, Utterly blind, literally nothing. (laughs) <laughs> when I started this movie, <laughs> that might be just, the best way to watch it. <laughs> All I knew about this movie was, oh, look, the only way to watch it is through archive.org. <laughs> so, so going in, I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I loved it. I, I had a great time watching okay, it. Good. It is. It's one of those movies that is really, really stupid and really smart at the same time. <laughs> so yeah. like. So, for example, like there's the there's the the commercial that comes on at one point where it's like David Allen Greer plays like a a, uh, a, a black guy that was born with no soul. And they're yeah. like doing like fundraising for him. And they have like B.B. King on there talking about how it's sad if a black person's born with no soul. <laughs> and you're like, that's a that's a stupid slapstick joke. That's like. But then later on, there's other commercials where now David Allen Greer's character has gone on to a career of singing like the whitest music possible. 
and he's selling albums in those like old like 80s like style where they'd have these those infomercials for records and i'm like that there's something really smart about that there's something well, smart about taking like, that stupid joke and then turning it into this running like now this guy has made a and they, at one point they just say he's made a career out of his affliction <laughs> it's like, like, well and, and I'm like, there's this great there's something about the way he delivers the music in which it's so technically accurate mm-hmm. it just so fucking bland at the exact time oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, that it's perfect because even whenever later he's singing like white people rock and roll music and it's still the same you know what i mean he does jeremiah <laughs> yeah. was a bullfrog yeah. and you're like oh my god he managed to suck the soul out of jeremiah was a bullfrog <laughs> it really is all about that it is just that though he nails it really and Kudos to them for doing that because it's something that's hard to pull off. To you, you gotta balls to go and intentionally sing in a bland manner like that. Oh my god, it's so nuts. There's even the there's a false ending to the movie that's just him singing "Blame It on the Bossa Nova." <laughs> <laughs> It's just, just, it's just so great because you have to basically sit through the whole fucking song to figure out that the movie's still actually going. <laughs> yeah, that whole thing is my favorite part of this movie. It's just, it's just like everything combined. Like you, like you said, you get that like, oh, BB King being like, oh, it's so sad when a black person doesn't have a soul. And then cut to just David Allen Greer doing his damn best at being completely fucking awful. And and then they cut to him tapping his foot while he's singing. And it's so off rhythm. And it's like the funniest <laughs> damn thing in the world. I mean, there's a there's a whole bunch of parts in this movie that fucking get me real good. I forgot about my favorite one until the end. So the 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 last skit of the movie is this Carrie Fisher skit in which the whole joke is that it's uh, one of those 1930s moral panic documentaries yeah. where she's she's <laughs> contracted a social disease from hanging out with uh, irreputable New York artists. Yeah, I love that social disease. <laughs> yeah, and he takes her, he takes her down into what's like this Frankenstein esque dungeon. And they walk up to a cage, and there's a wolf man in the cage, and he's like, "She's like, what is that wretched creature?" And he goes, "We call him Pete." <laughs> and he's like, "Pete's Pete's affliction began whenever he started." Drinking beer and smoking cigarettes, and the Wolfman's claw comes out and tries to grab him, and he's like, "No, get back! We don't have any cigarettes." (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know why that's so funny, but it's one of the funniest fucking things that's (laughs) ever happened on film. Um, so this movie is uh, uh, Joe Dante and uh, the fuck's his name? John Landis. John Landis. Why did that completely blank on that? Um, I and I think a couple other directors who I'm forgetting at the, at the moment. But for yeah. some reason, it's those two, though, just fucking kill me. 
And this is this is one of those movies that like my dad was watching it like on a Sunday afternoon one time. And I was like, you know, seven. So I just sat down and started watching it and was like in love with it ever since. The thing is, if you're a seven year old and you watch that opening skit with Arsenio Hall, just oh my God. I, I have no idea what like, there, I don't even know how to describe that skit. Like He just mm-hmm. comes home. And everything goes wrong. He opens a beer, it blows up in his face. He goes to eat a sandwich, it doesn't taste good, so he goes to put it in the garbage disposal and his tie gets caught. <laughs> it's one thing after another after another until he eventually just falls out a window. And it, it's like it is just ridiculous, over-the-top slapstick comedy. It's Arsenio Hall. He does really good facial expressions with him when he's doing this kind of a thing, so it's pretty funny to watch. And in the middle of it, the, the genius of it is that the phone keeps ringing and it's always the wrong number. <laughs> and every time he gets more and more mad because he keeps answering it. <laughs> Eventually, he's just screaming into the phone and the person on the other end has no idea why. <laughs> and then a bookshelf falls on him. <laughs> Shit. And then there's the uh, the kind of take on sinbad those old sinbad movies with fucking paul mooney and his crew of pirates that are uh vhs pirates (laughs) so they're raiding i can't even remember which company it is mca i think they attacked their ship mca home video ship yeah and i just every second of that skits so fucking funny because they're walking it's, through the treasure hold and there's like laser discs and they're like, ah, veritable trove of video discs. And one of the other pirates is like, ah, no, they're not compatible with my system. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Uh, uh, for some reason, the other one that kills me is the uh, funeral slash roast. Just the idea of going to this funeral where this guy has died and his wife and kids are there and he's like, she's like, you know, dressed all in black and crying. And then all of a sudden they bring out like the roast, the roast table and shit. And it's like fucking rip torn and all those old comedians come out and just start shredding this dude who just died. You mean Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor. Yeah. Rip Torn's very different. (laughs) That would also be funny though. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's just it's funny, though, because they got they got like Steve Allen to do it. And you're like, right? I don't know if Steve Allen is the kind of guy you expect to see in a skit like that. <laughs> so it's something else. Yeah, and at first she's just like, what is going on? And then by the end, she's making fun of her dead husband. It's yeah. just, oh, my God. For some reason, I just like start laughing and don't stop until that whole thing's over well, with. Because it starts with, too, I forget how exactly it plays out. I think it's two different skits, but it starts with like a Siskel and Ebert type guys who are doing a review of his life mm-hmm. and just talking about how shitty his life is and how it sucks. <laughs> and he's at home watching it on TV, getting all upset. And then they go into a review of his death scene and he's like, what? This is nonsense. And then plays out that death scene where he has a heart attack right in front of the TV. <laughs> so it's like we're already... It's funny because it's the same joke twice in two different skits. It's what if Siskel and Ebert were reviewing your life? What if you were the roast guy? Either way, it's like, what if your life was one of these weird shows where they just talk about you too much? And it, it, it's super funny the way it plays out. I mean, everyone's good. The fucking, the, oh, it's not, 
Unsolved Mysteries. It's the other show. What the oh. fuck was the other show that's just like Unsolved was it, Mysteries? Was was it Believe It or Bullshit or whatever it is? No, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't Believe It or Not. It's like Damn supposed it, to be. What was it called? I think I don't remember exactly what show, but it really felt like Unsolved Mysteries to me. But I think it just depends what mm. era you watch TV in, which show it's going to feel well, like because they're all. Well, the there was a, while Unsolved Mysteries was on, there was another show, but they basically did what that show did, where they would just like throw out these hypotheticals about the crime mm-hmm. that sometimes were nonsense. And in this one, it's they, Jack the Ripper might be the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, God the damn. most ludicrous concept. This giant dinosaur wearing like Victorian clothing walking down the street and nobody seems to know. What? That he's Was a dinosaur. Jack the Ripper actually a plesiosaur from <laughs> Scotland? <laughs> We've created this bullshit recreation to show you what might have happened. Real or bullshit? That's what they he they says, you're wondering you. why I'm here. Was it just because they offered me a paycheck? <laughs> God damn, it was so good. It's so good because it's such a stupid thing to do to have him be doing that. And then you're just like, he, they just run with it. And they just, they play it so deadpan serious that you could easily mistake it for a real episode of one of those shows. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then they pretty much predicted the future where uh, Steve Gutenberg tries to go over on a date with somebody. And it turns out they got this weird fax machine that just faxes you all your background information. Yeah. And they uh, they just read it off to him. So it's almost like she did a Google search, search of him. Yeah. And he's just like, this is horrible. This is like ruining my life. It's funny because it's like that's one of those ones where you're like, how did they know? How did they know that that's what was really coming? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to need a photo ID and a valid credit card. <laughs> <sighs> what? I just want to take you out. I know you do, but I just want to be safe. <laughs> oh, there's the kid going in to buy condoms for the first time, and it's just a giant fucking nightmare. <laughs> the thing is, how many movies? Like, we've done multiple movies that have that scene in it where the kid goes to buy condoms and, like, Either the girl's dad happens to be in the store or there's, you know, they know the pharmacist that's that's selling the condoms or whatever. And then the, to just take it to the extreme that they do in the show where they start like, <laughs> what is he like the one millionth customer or something? <laughs> <laughs> so there's like balloons falling and they're interviewing him, putting him on TV. People are asking for his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> That moment when that guy asks for his autograph and the host or like representative from the condom company goes, you better get used to that. <laughs> I just start laughing out loud. <laughs> so there's that insane. I think it's I think it's the second skit. That's the uh, day in the life of the penthouse playmate. And she's just that, walking around. Naked. It's just her doing her day to day stuff. She's just naked the entire time. <laughs> That's that one's only a little bit funny. I, I don't find it terribly funny until it, she starts showing up in other skits still naked. Like, I think it's the next <laughs> skit it, after that is the one guy that gets sucked into to his TV and his wife's flipping him around from channel to channel. 
which again is something that we've we watched a whole movie about that <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> That's how could we pick this for our two hundredth episode? It's almost a retrospective of all the dumb shit we've done. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, only thing that that guy that gets sucked into his TV and he's getting bounced around and he keeps turning and yelling it to the camera. I wanted that to be Uncle Leo so bad. Hello. <laughs> <Like, laughs> It would have been perfect. Uncle Leo in it. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I don't even know how else to talk about this movie. No, it's just... Because <laughs> it's not even like a wraparound story. It just starts no, and then no. just goes all the way to the end. It just goes... And they keep... Like, if you read any of the plot descriptions online, because I did, because I was trying to figure out how to describe this movie, and they all say, it's like, oh, the TV station is playing this Amazon Women in the Moon, and then we get cut to the commercials and stuff, and it's all these other skits. But that's not even accurate. Like, that is just one of these little things that happens in the middle, is that there's... One of the things is they go back to this movie a couple of times, and it's silly yeah. and ridiculous. It's, but it's, it's claiming they're commercials, but they're clearly not. No. No, and some of the things are commercials and some of them aren't, right? <laughs> it's just, we haven't talked about the one that might be my favorite, but I'm not sure, which is the uh, naked Ed Begley Jr. as the son of the Invisible Man. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, Ooh, a floating phone, so scary. They did such a good job of recreating the original invisible man like that that bar scene and he shows up and he's wrapped up in the bandages and everything and somebody's like my in when he's talking and he's like my father perfected this formula and now i've done it i just don't know how to make myself visible again but prepare to be amazed and he starts to take the bandage off and you can just see him he just looks like a normal dude but i'm just like that he's like after 10 years of injecting myself with every chemical i could get my hands on (laughs) making it clear that this isn't the first time (laughs) like when he goes down to the bar some of the people are clearly been at the bar every time he's done this and they're so sick of it he's like fucking up people's checker checkers games and they're like oh no i'm so scared what happened (laughs) like (laughs) Like, oh here he comes again just go with it He's just they're just doing that thing where they just like he's always standing in front of something that covers the areas you're not allowed to show on TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a really good time with that one. <laughs> and the fact that it's Ed Begley Jr. too. Is it's not like some like you know, over the top stand up comedian that's willing to do anything for a laugh. It's a real actor. <laughs> well, like it, like we were saying, the whole fucking movie's that. There isn't like a single, yeah. maybe the the old guy who gets sucked into the TV. I don't know who that actor is. I can't. No. I can't say I've seen him in something else. But every single other person <laughs> is someone you know. Half of them are Wayans. Damn Wayans. <laughs> oh, it is. And there's even like. In like they're in a bar scene and the guys at the bar are all faces you recognize. Like they're all these character actors. So it's like, you know, everybody. It's weird. Yeah, this fucking movie. So it sounds like you came away pretty positive there, Doug. (laughs) Yes, I was nervous going into this one, but I got to say, I. I don't know. Like I say, that combination of stupid yet smart had me laughing the whole time. It. 
none of the skits are long enough. So like, cause there was a couple that I didn't love. Like I didn't actually love the Amazon women on the moon skits. Um, Agreed. and I didn't, the, what is the, uh, the Joe Pantoliano is like stapling shit to his head. That stuff was like, and I think that's, I don't think that's a more to do with the fact that I've just seen that joke before. And maybe in 1987 or whatever, I wouldn't have seen that joke before. So it would have been funnier, but <laughs> you know, but neither of those are long enough for you to really care. You're moving on to something else. Hilarious before, <laughs> before you have any, uh, <laughs> any, um, and you, you can't get bored right ever. So, and I just, yeah, I mean the, the bullshit are not seen. I, I just couldn't stop laughing out loud, which is rare. You don't laugh out loud a lot when you're home alone watching a movie, but I did, you know, invisible man. I kept laughing. Just um, that, the locked is monster. It's just the fact that they, they actually put in all that effort to make this giant fucking Loch Ness monster. And it's it's good enough that you're like, why did they put in that amount of effort? But at the same time, like it's clearly on wheels and you can hear the wheels as they're like moving it. <laughs> they nailed it. Well, they, but they nailed it because it's like that's what they would have done on a television budget for one of those shows in the 80s. Right. Like, you know, if, if you watched all those shows in the 80s, those flashback scenes never looked good. Because how could they? They can't make a flashback scene for every episode of their fucking mystery show every week. <laughs> so they mostly look like crap. And it's fine. Like it but they 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 knew exactly what they were doing when they made that and they nailed it. <laughs> so I don't know. I yeah, it just the whole thing just made me laugh so many times <laughs> that I can I'm just trying to think if we there's any skits we haven't talked about yet. Um like I think we've nailed all the kind of like all of my favorites. There's still some others that were funny too, I think. Oh, what about the couple that like the doctor lost their baby and he's trying to cover it up by bringing them into Mr. Potato Head and shit? (laughs) (laughs) The best part is he comes back in the second time and it's just his like hand hand puppet style with lipstick on it. Oh, he's feeding a bottle and he goes, Oh, would you rather breastfeed? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, so much, so much fun to watch this movie, and I think it's like I say, I, I because I think it's more intelligent humor. It's the kind of thing that I'll enjoy watching again, as opposed mm-hmm. to just certain like you know, sometimes when you watch like a slapstick comedy movie, it can be funny the first time, but once the surprise factor is gone, it's not as good to watch again. I don't think this will fall under that. So, well, Doug, you can pick it up on Blu-ray from Kino Lorber, which I purchased. And uh, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. The, it's uh, also, I already bookmarked the archive.org thing so I can watch it again whenever I want. There is that too. Uh, but Unless the, they listen to this and find out that it's on there. Like, oh, fuck, get rid of it. But you'll be missing out on the uh, the making of that's called Bullshit or Not, the true story of Amazon Women on the Moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, trying to remember how long it was. I think it was about like 45 minutes or something. And it's interviews with John Landis and Joe Dante. And all I can imagine is like, they're like, okay, so we bought a whole bunch of cocaine. <laughs> the end. <laughs> That's how this movie was made. Uh, also has newly discovered outtakes and dailies from Joe Dante's personal archives. And then it has uh, outtakes, which I remember being pretty funny. And some deleted scenes. Yeah, I can imagine an 
There, there's a lot of uh, improv in this movie, I'm guessing, and therefore a lot of funny outtakes would exist. Yeah. Well, Doug, you may have to try Kentucky Fried Movie. It was the one they did before this that was well, sort of just like this. All I can remember from that one is the dude with the dildo strapped to his head that's supposed to be an alien. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched the whole thing through. I don't know. Probably just going to not watch that because... I don't know. I feel like I got lucky that this one was good. <laughs> oh yeah, you won't like this. Here it is: skits that spoof black exploitation films, news shows, porno movies, TV commercials, kung fu flicks, and more. Oh, that's that's know. the skit we forgot. The one where the guy rents the uh, point of view porno movie. And in the porno, the boyfriend breaks in, played by Andrew Dice Clay, kills the girl, <laughs> then shoots himself, and the police come in and arrest him. This <laughs> is like the worst porno movie ever. Oh, so good. Everybody should watch it. If you've never seen Amazon Women on the Moon, it's worth it. <laughs> Take your time and watch it. Uh, all right, anything else about Amazon Women on the Moon? I would argue it's a great date night movie. Hmm. Depends on the date, I guess. Gonna say, funny enough for her, titties enough for him. (laughs) Uh, All right, Doug. Do you want to run down UHF? Maybe. Doug? Do we lose Doug? If Doug is talking, we can't hear him. Oh, Doug left. Doug's computer crashed. Oh, Doug's Doug back. back. <laughs> Sorry, technical <laughs> difficulties. It's all right. I was just pitching it to you if you wanted to run down UHF. Oh, what did, what did I say when I was gone? <laughs> Nothing. Um, oh, good. Um, let's see. UHF. So it's it's Weird Al. And he the plot is pretty simple. He um, can't hold the job. His uncle wins a small TV station gambling and just decides to let him manage it. Well, his, his it's aunt, not his wife makes him. But yes, his wife <laughs> makes him let him manage it because nobody would let Weird Al manage it if not. Um, <laughs> but the uncle is just going to shut it down. So he doesn't really care. Um, eventually, they through a series of unfortunate coincidences, including letting the janitor get his own take over a show <laughs> they start to become popular so the one of the local networks is going to buy them out just to shut them down so they have to do a fundraiser to uh be able to save the station which is like the most 80s way to end any movie ever <laughs> and uh they are successful all right. Well, that's, uh, that's the plot but, description. But why don't you tell yeah, the us real about fun the of the movie? <laughs> the real fun of the movie is that uh, a we we get similar to the other movie that we talked about. We get a lot of these TV shows that are just ridiculous and over the top, <laughs> such as Wheel of Fish and Raul's Animal Kingdom, which is just a dude in his apartment with a bunch of exotic animals. Um, somehow got it. Yeah, but nobody hired. He just showed up and started making a show and they didn't notice. Yeah. We have, um, and we also get Weird Al just daydreaming himself into, into movies and therefore getting a parody of Indiana Jones and Rambo 2 and whatever else. So... (laughs) And I mean, that's where the 
I mean, I can't even say that. I can't even say that's where the humor of the movie comes from. Those big skits are where the big, like, moments of humor come from. But then the rest of the movie is still very much like every line of dialogue is a comedy line of dialogue. There's this movie yeah. is relentless in its jokes. Like it's a Twinkie Wiener sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much ever since I saw this when I was a kid, I've quoted the entire movie because the entire movie it's... is entirely quotable. Kid. When when they go to the bar, like it's the, it's the moment where the big turn in the movie happens. They they give up they hand the TV show over to the janitor and they go to the bar and the two guys sit down and whatever the friend orders, he just goes, uh, beer. And then weird. Al just goes, uh, blueberry daiquiri. <laughs> Even that makes me laugh. I'm like, and then and like, you know, then we proceed with the ludicrous plot point of this janitor is so good at hosting a kid's show that all the guys in the bar want to watch it. <laughs> but you know, it's, but it's all insane. True. True yep. story, that okay. that scene where he makes the mop speech, uh, I took an acting class as an elective my first year of college, and part of your final is you had to do a monologue, and I did that mop monologue from this movie. <laughs> the mop. <laughs> How sometimes it gets dirty and filled yeah, with gunk. You gotta get down there with a the toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> um, this is back when it was okay to uh, to enjoy Michael Richards. It's still okay to enjoy Michael Richards. Well, um, yeah, we can have even... a separate after we're done discussing the movies. We'll have a Michael Richards debate if you. Oh <laughs> no, I I'm fine with just <laughs> glossing over that section. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This entire movie, like literally. Timmy like, found the marble in the oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I was flipping through. This might have been why I brought it up last week. I was flipping through the channels and it was just on cable. So I stopped and watched the rest of the movie because you kind of have to. You have to see where you're at and where the movie's going to end up. Yeah. It's right away the opening scene, which is like the, the Indiana Jones parody, and he's going into the tunnel, mm-hmm. and it's all like exactly. It's done very much the in, the parody is interesting because it's very similar. Like the the costumes all look right; they're not comedy versions of the costumes. And mm-hmm. when he finally gets there, and it's like, what is it? Like it's an Oscar or something, which, which is yeah. a fun meta joke that Weird Al would be chasing an Oscar. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's just that moment though, like it's all deadpan serious, and then he takes the statue off and just tosses the bag of dirt aside instead of trying to put it on. <laughs> and you're like, all right, let's see where you're going with this. <laughs> Well, I mean, it pretty much starts when the guy, they're doing the uh, throw me the whip scene and he just, you know, or no, the very opening when, when the the guy's going to shoot him and he hears it. So he turns around and whips him and the guy's arm just falls off. That's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <sighs> and then, of course, he does outrun the boulder. But then the boulder chases yes. them all across the world. <laughs> uh. It's just, yeah, because it, it is just in many ways. Weird Al's humor is very much just like, what's the dumbest thing that could happen next? And then it then do it, but do it with a semi straight look on your face, like as if you're pretending this is an actual movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it works. 
He is Conan, the librarian. <laughs> Don't you know the Dewey Decibel system? <laughs> See, every line is quotable from this movie. You can take anything and it's quotable. Okay, we've got, uh, oh, I'm going to fuck his name up. Is it Ken Watanabe? Is that his name? The dude from 16 Candles? Ken, Ken Watanabe, yeah. yeah. Watanabe, yeah, yeah. Basically playing the same character, just an adult. <laughs> He's an adult now. Yeah. Which, uh, is is that offensive or not anymore? Do we know? Oh, fuck. I think Ken oh. Watanabe has gone on record that Look, it, he doesn't consider it offensive. He thinks it's making well, fun yeah, of stereotypes. Can, but let, let's, let's make something clear. This movie came out in an era where having an accent was considered funny. And that's not anyone's fault. That's just the era it came out in. <laughs> okay, so what are you going to do? At least they hired real people to play those roles as opposed to painting white people the appropriate color and having them fake an accent. Is it is it weird that I feel like really the only uh, moment of his character that I'm like, uh, okay, maybe racist is the supplies moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so fucking funny, yeah. but I'm like, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> still funny. Maybe. Look, but like the wheel, funny wheel of fish is so fucking funny, and it's so much fucking funnier because his character is such a fucking cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just. Yeah, the whole Wheel of Fish segment, that whole thing, that's the one we used to quote when I was a kid. We'd just yell at each other. Stupid! Red Snapper, very tasty. (laughs) (laughs) God. This is another another one I saw when I was like 9 or 10. And has lived in my brain ever since. Well, that's the thing is like, the one thing about Weird Al is that he... uh, especially in the eighties, like kids loved him and, and we all did. Right. Mm, so yeah. when this Still movie do. came out, it was like a chance to see just an extended weird Al video that took two hours to watch. And you're like, I'll do that for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely like, after we put this on the list last week, I definitely like just put on some weird Al videos and just like hit play on like, YouTube and just let them like you pick which weird L video I should watch next YouTube. And we just did that for a while in my house. It was pretty fun. I mean, the, the teaching poodles how to fly thing oh, God. is oh, so ridiculous, God. especially when it finally, it cuts to the outside of the building and there's just a giant just a pile. Like a pile of dead dogs. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think this is another one I watched with my dad on a weekend afternoon and we were both just rolling on the floor at that at that scene, he just tosses that poodle out that window. Oh God, it's so great! This movie just makes me happy every time I watch it, and I don't, yeah, like I can't. I don't know how many times I've seen it, and like there was a period of time where I didn't watch it a lot because I, I think I was worried it wouldn't hold up. But and then it, you know, uh, my VHS of the or my DVD of this got ruined like maybe four or five years ago. And I'm just like, shit, I got to rebuy that. And I never got around to it. So I haven't seen it in a few years. And I was just like, I bet you it's awesome still, though. I can't see how it wouldn't be. <laughs> like, it's so memorable that it's like, how would you, it, if you didn't like it, you'd know that by just t- through your memories in your head. 
<laughs> yeah, I w- in this one, much much like the last one, it's got a great cast, but arguably, so the other movie, you would just, any normie, I think, would recognize 90% of the cast members from various places. This yeah. one, very recognizable cast, if you're into the kind of bullshit <laughs> that we're into. Like, <laughs> if you don't know who fucking Billy Barty is, or... <laughs> Kevin McCarthy yeah. or I guess I guess most people would know Fran Drescher. Mm-hmm. But, and that well nobody knew her at the time though. No. Well kind of cuz this it was after uh, uh Spinal Tap which was kind of her big on-screen okay. debut. Mm-hmm. It's a, so. and I think she was a she was a stand-up, right? I don't know. I have no clue. I I didn't know who she was till the nanny. <sighs> Yeah, me neither. And then I went back and was like, oh, shit, she was a fucking UHF. Yeah, I think the first time I watched UHF after seeing the nanny, I was like, oh, I like her better in this than I did in that movie. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. Um, I was going to say, Bill, Billy Barty, you probably know him from one of two places. One, he was the old wizard in Willow. <laughs> or two, he's in that... Uh, that wrestling movie with Roddy Piper and that other guy where he yells a pejorative for gay people about a thousand fucking times. <laughs> and I don't know why, but only specifically because it's Billy Barty yelling it. It's really fucking funny. For me, it was always a uh, legend. Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in there, too. But yeah, most normies would probably know him from Willow. Um, so it can't be a Weird Al movie without a uh, music video in it. Yeah, which, which of random, course, just insert a music video. <laughs> yep. And he uh, falls asleep and has a Dire Straits uh, parody in his head of the uh, Beverly Hillbillies theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funny thing is, he, uh, he so he went because he always gets people's permission. It doesn't always work out. Where apparently he hit up coolio's management and they said oh yeah it'd be great and coolio was not happy when amish paradise came out um but he hit up uh the dire straits the lead singer specifically and asked him about it and he was like i don't know man and he sort of hemmed and hawed about it and then he's like well i tell you what i'll let you do it but i have to play guitar on it (laughs) and weird i was like well i mean i guess if you have to (laughs) <laughs> that's good. that's the best thing ever <laughs> I mean well, I, w- I wouldn't want a really good guitarist to play his signature riffs on my song sure if if I remember right the thing with Coolio is his management told him about it but they kind of told him that it was like a remix you know what I mean they were like oh he does you know these alternate versions of stuff and he goes oh yeah and they're like yeah he's done like two or three michael jackson songs and coolio was like oh sweet (laughs) i don't know if anyone else who was pissed off by a uh weird al cover uh nobody was pissed off because i mean usually if they did he they didn't want him to do it he just wouldn't do it um the only other one is Eminem gave him permission to do one, but said he didn't want him to make a music video of it because he didn't want him making fun of him. <laughs> so he did that and didn't have a music video for it, which is kind of stupid. Did you guys watch the the video for the theme song that I posted in the thing? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. 
a billion times. I'll tell you what, you got to give Weird Al Yankovic credit in that fucking video. Mm-hmm. That dude's a fucking chameleon. He looks exactly <laughs> like a couple of those singers. You're like, what the yeah. fuck? He like George Michael. You're like, holy shit. He looks exactly like George <laughs> Michael. Uh, I always like the fact that uh, the station he had was tw- was U62. And when I lived up in Chicago, I worked for a TV station. 26 the U. Nice. Except it wasn't <laughs> nearly as fun. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> That's really kind of a stretch. Well, it was the same backwards than from from uh, UHF, and backwards in the fact that it was a horrible place to work. <laughs> All right, at least we've uh, upgraded to you badmouthing your former employers instead of your current ones on the show. Yeah, I work at PBS now. How could you? How could you badmouth PBS? Fair enough. Fucking Sesame Street. Even though they don't, they don't technically own Sesame Street, but you know. I was gonna say the only the only bad thing about this movie is that it kind of bombed in a way that prevented Weird Al from making more movies, which makes me so fucking sad because it's so fun. It's so great. <laughs> People are. Yeah, dumb. but I wonder if it's lightning in a bottle. Like, I wonder if you just. I don't know if you would necessarily want a whole bunch of Weird Al movies. I think they'd get repetitive. Mm. I'm perfectly uh, happy to have had one. I've been more excited to have UHF 2. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. UHF 2, go and network. <laughs> yeah. that, would be the, that would be the plot line, right? I think that's the appropriate thing to do, would be to have... Al gets bought out by a network and he goes corporate and starts ignoring all the other people and has to learn his lesson. Oh God, now I do want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Shaves his mustache off, has short hair. And you're just like, who is this? Uh, Victoria Jackson. We didn't talk about her. She's sort of the straight man girlfriend in this. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if uh, super religious Victoria Jackson looks back on this fondly or not. Uh, I find her annoying in the movie. I can lie to you. Like, it's fine because she doesn't have that big of a part and I don't mm-hmm. really care. But her voice drives me nuts in this movie. I don't no. enjoy it. Probably should in real life, too. Yeah. I was, uh, the, the one part of this movie that I, is supposed to be a joke, but I like I find it creepy the scene where she comes home and he's absolutely filled her house with like balloons and flowers and that giant <laughs> flashing sign and stuff. I, lo- I looked right at Char and I was like, you know, that's like total serial killer vibe. That's, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. that's what you do right before you kill her and eat her. What does Char think of this movie? Has she seen it before? She thought it was dumb, but funny. All right. Hmm. Take fair. it, I guess. I think the only part she really didn't like is the uh, the where he's throwing the dogs out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but that's why it's funny. It's yeah. funny because it's so fucking awful. <laughs> and it's so over the top that, you know, it's just like, well, that's obviously not true. Like I said, when it zooms when it zooms out and there's just a giant pile of dead dogs. It's just it's too fucking much. It's so fucking funny. 
the ant farm. And he's like, oh, the ants, they spend hours and hours making all these little tunnels. And he goes, you know what makes them really mad? <laughs> oh, they're so bad now. <laughs> But when the guy shows up to drop off more animals and they do the whole badgers, badgers, we don't need no stinging badgers. (laughs) It's like, it's so dumb, but it's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to talk about this movie. We're just going to scream out our favorite parts, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, What about one criticism I have of the movie? I would say the one criticism I have is that when they do the giant parody of Rambo 2 at the end, (laughs) and the problem is that since Rambo 2 is a parody of Rambo 2, it's really hard to parody it. (laughs) Uh, Shark commented on that muscle suit that he's wearing was disturbingly (laughs) realistic. It's so veiny and stuff. It's... It's perfect though because it's not quite realistic, and I feel like it's that thing where like they nailed it. Where it's like, if it was too realistic, and you were actually asking yourself the question of like, did Weird Al get in good shape? That wouldn't be funny. But you can just kind of tell it's a suit, and I like it. <laughs> I just love his Sylvester Stallone war cry. Just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and he just keeps doing it and then they clip to him doing it in real life not in the suit <laughs> he just does it <laughs> uh, Michael Richards who's absolutely fantastic in this movie is Stanley Spadowski yep fucking <laughs> best kids host ever but still wants to be the janitor of the station still it's it's they're almost making fun of people with disabilities, but I think he's like not technically disabled. Like it's like right on the edge. <laughs> so it's like they're making fun of people who are almost, almost like we're making fun of you unless you're disabled. Then we're not. Then we're not. <laughs> Whatever that line is, you where your IQ officially makes you disabled. If you're one above that, that's who we're making fun of. <laughs> It's, yeah, but he's so uh, fucking good in this movie. He just he, he fucking just commits to the role. Like his love for that mob, like I completely oh, yeah. get. I completely believe it. Yeah, oh totally. Yeah, and it's because I just finished rewatching all of Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, he he uses the same skills, the physical humor and stuff like that, but it's a completely different role, and it's equally ridiculous but completely different from the Kramer role. So this is, this is a depressing cartoon about a coyote who's tormented and harangued by a roadrunner who laughs and mocks him as he's crushed and maimed. I want to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the other day someone was talking about uh, taking their kids to Fun City which apparently is a thing I've never heard of before okay the only thing that went through my head while they're talking about it was the Spatula City commercial yep like just in real life I just wanted to be like oh I don't know what was it I sent you guys a thing I sent you guys a thing on Facebook it was uh, one of those like fun facts about the past and apparently they put up a real Spatula City um, 
billboard for the purposes of this movie. And then they just left it there. <laughs> and it had nice. to be taken down because people kept pulling into local businesses and asking where Spatula City was. And the local <laughs> businesses started complaining. So like whatever town it was, went and had the billboard taken down. No, I didn't get that at all. Because, you know, like, let's be honest. If if you were driving down the highway and you saw a sign for Spatula City, you'd, you'd kind of want to stop. Oh, I, I'd stop. Like, for sure. I mean, I'd be like, spatula, what? But I just like, I got to know. The best the best part of that entire skit is the fact that it pops up and it says zero percent financing. Like, <laughs> and I don't I don't know why that simple joke about the idea of having to finance a spatula is so fucking great <laughs> or that you would buy so many spatulas that you would need financing. Uh, well, I love when like, kids are opening their spatulas on Christmas morning. That's what I loved. Just, <laughs> they're so happy. Oh my god! Um, the uh, the uh, uh, the Geraldo esque skit. Yeah, is that, is that still funny or is that dated now? Um, it's another one where I'm like. It's funny. It's funnier now to me because now they're making fun of something that used to happen. But at the time, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's just kind of what Geraldo was. <laughs> I mean, it's like it was a little bit exaggerated because they had a Jason Voorhees type person fighting a little girl on the show. But <laughs> I mean, I watched episodes of some of those talk shows where they'd just be like, we're just going to put a Ku Klux Klan member next to a black rights activist. And if violence happens to break out, it breaks out. Nothing we can do about it. <laughs> And I think it was Geraldo that ended up like with the broken nose at one point. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The chair the, incident, as they call it. Yeah, that's the whole yeah. joke. So yeah. I mean, yeah, like it's literally exactly what happened, right? <laughs> by the way, by the way, just to let you guys know how what's gone on with your country in the uh, '80s, Geraldo was the guy that hosted the TV show and got hit in the face with a chair, and now he's considered a serious news personality. Uh, that's ridiculous. That's that's not because he got more serious. It's because your country got more ridiculous. Just so we're clear, maybe the whole world did. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the what the other joke was in that where they were like, he opened the something something glove box oh, and he's like Al Capone's, yeah. Al Capone's glove box <laughs> receipts uh, or something <laughs> roadmaps yeah roadmaps. <laughs> <laughs> genius uh, another one another joke that always killed me was when they're over at uh, channel 8 and they're watching something I, I don't know what the fuck they're watching but the guy comes in with the cowboy hat and the mustache and he's like take that ridiculous <laughs> thing off and he just pulls his mustache off and walks out of the room all sad <laughs> I love that joke <laughs> a lot of the stuff involving channel eight is really funny considering how stupid the plot line is it's like like there's something about the way when when they knock billy Barty down and he gets cut the way that like the kevin mccarthy character is like oh did i do that oopsie like it's just so stupid <laughs> so i it's said i want a rolex <laughs> <laughs> We're just yelling our favorite parts of the movie at this point, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that haven't seen this movie, watch this movie. Yeah. 
Why haven't, oh, you, yeah, why oh, haven't yeah, you brought no, this I... pure beam of joy into your life? Mm. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> from, from having actually worked at a TV station, it's not nearly as fun as I had hoped it would be. No, it's not, well, it's not as much you fun. You didn't <laughs> get to make all your own programming. No. I also think one of the Let's things I love about this, this movie. Because we're going to get to like. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know how many times I've seen UHF, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And every single time I watch it, the scene where you see the programming board in the background, I find some <laughs> new show that I haven't seen on that board yet. <laughs> Fucking name that stain, I think, is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it fun with dirt? One of them. Yeah, fun with dirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's what was it? Strip solitaire. <laughs> they showed a commercial yeah, for that. Yeah, strip solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> Sit there in his underwear. They got the dad from was it Eight Is Enough or whatever to show up for like what was it like bowling for burgers or whatever. Right. He's yep. literally in it for two seconds. Like they called him up and were like, hey, you want to come do this cameo? And he's like, sure. And that's literally his only role in the entire movie. <laughs> him with the chef's hat on, shrugging his shoulders. Oh my God. <laughs> this movie is that's... so fantastic. Yep. I had that's... I had a coworker that had never seen it before, so I had him come over and watch it. And afterwards I'm like, so what did you think? He's like, Yeah, it was kind of funny. And I'm just like, You get the fuck out of my house. I don't, I, I don't talk to him very much anymore. That's that's the appropriate response to that situation. Yeah. Well, anything else before we wrap it up? Obviously, I mean, unless it's you, you just started the show in the middle for some reason. It's obvious that we recommend this show. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I, I don't have anything negative to say about UHF. Like, I cannot. I cannot come up with a real criticism of this movie. It, it, it's exactly what it promises to be. It nails it on every level. Like, yes, you could argue that you could argue that the plot line is like predictable or whatever, but it's got as much to do with it being a parody of other things. And that's why it's predictable. It's supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. um, I love what do you guys think at the end? When they, you've got that homeless guy who they introduce at the beginning who walks up and they do the joke of like change and he makes change and gives the guy back a buck. <laughs> they do that and then at the end he just wanders back into the movie, begs for change and the guy accidentally like so it ends up being the Kevin McCarthy character that gives him some fancy nickel that he can cash in and use to buy the shares that puts Weird Al's <laughs> character over the top to save the station and it's like it's shockingly intricate the way it plays on it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Yeah, what did you say it was? Like a copper center something? Or it's a, a Denver something double-sided penny or something like yeah. that. I yeah. It, no. does, it doesn't matter. Some I don't even know ra- if it's a real coin or not. It's Yeah, some weird rare coin that... <laughs> That ends up being worth like thousands of dollars. But when you guys were like kids, didn't you always hear that there'd be like these rare coins and then you'd always like be worried that when you paid for something to change, you're like, I have a feeling that I'm just going to accidentally pay with like a coin that's worth hundreds of dollars or something. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. I was always convinced that I was going to find one in like probably around the 
19 like late 1980s when I was fun, you know, old enough to start going out and buying my own things. Oh yeah, that's what he does. He he cashes in that coin. He buys whatever two thousand dollars worth of shares to push him over the top, and buys a Rolex. <laughs> that's what yeah. he spends all the money on. He's still homeless. He just bought a fucking Rolex. <laughs> Shows it to Kevin McCarthy, who just starts crying. It's just Gandhi too. Uh, and this time he's pissed. Something <laughs> uh, <sighs> about Gandhi in a sports car makes me laugh every time. Like when he's pulling up, he pulls up to the club. Like, I don't know. See, I was going to say, I don't think that would fly today. Probably not. <laughs> Weird Al in uh, Indian makeup. Oh, so that, yeah, that actually isn't Weird Al. It's the it director. Oh, is that right? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he might be a white dude too. So <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> still not good. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> we should stop quoting this movie now. Go see UHF. Pause, pause the the podcast. Go watch it. Come back. They're not coming back. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, what's everybody watched since last week? Wait, wait, don't you have to do all the feedback we got for our 200th episode first? Uh, we didn't get any feedback. Unless you count uh, GIFs on Facebook. Oh. And we specifically got five because Laura made sure she added the fifth one so that my statement about five people listening to this was accurate. Nice. <laughs> so. Uh, I just watched my regular shows. That's that's pretty much it. Still, still on my Star Trek: The Next Generation rewatch. What did Riker fuck this week? More stuff. How did that dude fucks, man? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I learned a lot in this rewatch. Number one, Riker fucks. <laughs> Riker fucks and the directors really really love Patrick Stewart's chest oh, it's, yeah. dis- it's disturbing how into it they are they're like hey he's not in uniform maybe we should put him in a silk kimono <laughs> they're not wrong <sighs> alright well, what did you watch Doug um, well I so I mentioned I, I was rewatching Seinfeld I finished that up and the only reason it's funny to talk about that is because do you guys know the the whole premise of that final episode is that they all get arrested because something crazy is happening and instead of helping, <laughs> they just stand there and film it? Yeah, that, that wouldn't fly. Away. Like, could you imagine that being the plot of something now? Just everybody's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dog's barking at something. Yeah. Uh, it's episode 200. We got to have the barking dogs and the fucking technical difficulties. We got it all. Um, yeah, yeah those, the other those f- good Samaritan laws were a big thing at that time. Yeah, well, I don't know. Held up real but, well. 
anyways, it was pretty funny. There's because that and then like the background plot is that like Elaine wants to call somebody, but they're like, you can't call her on a cell phone when you're walking down the street. It's like, God, <laughs> oops, you guys did not exactly predict the future perfectly this time around. <laughs> well, to be fair, that we don't call people anymore. We just text them now. Exactly. <laughs> the idea that there are different types of calls is almost hilarious because <laughs> I'm not calling anybody. <laughs> my dad still calls me. That's about the only person. Mm. My mom finally started texting me and I got rid of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there used to be, I think, I don't think they do it anymore, but it's, I think it's still up, but there used to be a Twitter account that was modern Seinfeld. So okay. they come up with scenarios that you would see on a modern, like if Seinfeld kept going, was still going today, like problems that uh, would happen on Seinfeld. Oh, one, yeah. of them, one of them was that uh, Jerry starts dating a girl and she comes over and then he notices her Wi-Fi automatically connects to Newman's internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I like that. <laughs> Just crazy shit like that. Anyways, that's that's yeah. what we need to say about Seinfeld. I just thought yeah. it was funny. Um, what else did I watch? What movies did I watch? Oh, I watched. Uh, I know the one you like, Brian. Mm. I watched Underwater. Yeah, um, which is from what was it? It's just a year or two old. Um, yeah, it's like twenty nineteen. Stewart. It's a. I mean, it's just it's an alien ripoff. They're underwater. The. Um, something goes awry and now they're trapped in this underwater thing and they got to try to find a way out. And wouldn't you know it with all the bad luck monsters show up like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, really well-made film though. The atmosphere of it is absolutely fantastic. The performances are solid. The use of the monsters is good. The use of the underwater, um, there's sort of a natural, like, I don't know, like, a fear that comes with being underwater, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, it's claustrophobic or whatever, and they use it really well. There's one scene where, like, a guy's getting pulled under the water, and the other, like, the, the, the his other crewmates are all, like, they reach in, and the first thing they do is, like, they put his helmet back on him so he won't drown if he gets pulled under. And it's like, oh, that's really clever. Like, I've never seen something used quite that way before, where you're like, oh, well, we can let him get taken by the monsters, but he won't die right away if we put this on him. <laughs> and, and then eventually, like, blood squirts up and comes into his face mask and stuff, so you're like, okay, they didn't exactly save him, but it, I thought it was a really well-done way to mm-hmm. kind of use the atmosphere that they naturally have built for themselves by putting it underwater. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I thought it worked really, really well. I think you were a fan too, right? I was a big fan of this movie. Um, Cause the most, the thing that nobody really knows is it's a secret Lovecraft movie, which I am excited okay. about. I don't see. Yeah. I guess I can see how it'd be Lovecraftian in the sense of like the ocean monsters and yeah. Yeah. The monsters are all weird fishmen, and then Cthulhu shows up at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess yeah, I didn't in my little plot description I didn't mention little monsters followed by big monster at the end. Yes. Um, but uh, you know you're not really in it for the monsters as much as you are the atmosphere. The monsters are pretty cool though. Mm-hmm. When they find that first one and they pull it up and it is this little evil fish thing. Yeah. And it works pretty well. Like I say, it's it's effectively an alien ripoff, but that's okay if it's done well. Like you yeah. can 
you can take that concept and apply it and and do a good job with it and they did yeah he said they they, they use the atmosphere really well and then there is a point where they're like well if we want to get out of here we have to get to this point but we can't get it get to it from here so if we put our suits on and then we go outside and we trudge across this and basically you know go the long way around like we'll be able to escape and then you know you're like okay that makes sense still kind of scary can't really see a whole lot because you know the mud and stuff gets mixed up and then yeah then the monsters show up and you're like oh fuck god damn it (laughs) i thought it was gonna be all right yeah well because they put together that plan and i'm like that plan is enough for a movie at this like when they're describing the plan through exposition you're like okay Mm -hmm. that's enough for a movie i can i can get behind that um and then monsters show up and i guess maybe if i'd watched it closer to when trailers were playing i would have known there were monsters coming but Mm -hmm. this is just me you know randomly selecting stuff off streaming services so that's a disney plus one up here which is funny to me but (laughs) i still get a kick out of watching rated r stuff on disney plus so sometimes that's just what i watch just because it's there But I liked it quite a bit. If people haven't seen it, I would recommend it. I, I don't think anything we've said is spoilery. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if you're as naive as me, you'll go into it not knowing there's monsters, but eventually you'll you'll figure it out. And yeah, yeah. The, and this should be on the show YouTube as well. If anybody, let's check it out. Okay. See, so you went to your Disney, but we had it the whole time. You just didn't know. Oh, uh, didn't pop up automatically and recommend itself to me through. <laughs> oh, you, sorry. <laughs> you have to remember yeah. that it uh to remember that that is often how i select things <laughs> however okay so as much as yes i did that major motion picture starring mm. a bunch of actors you've heard of that's available through disney yeah i selected it at random because it just said why don't you watch this and i went oh okay however the one i had to track down and like search for is a movie i'd never heard of until three minutes before I decided to like watch it <laughs> called uh, the black water vampire. Mm. Have you ever even heard of it? Nope. So stop it's me. A, if you've heard this cool one name. Before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, and that's, I think what got me um, stop me. If you heard this one before. So found footage movie, mm-hmm. a group of young filmmakers led by uh, a female documentarian head to a small town to investigate some murders that happened there years ago and the rumors that maybe something supernatural is going on. And then when they wander into the woods, they find out that um, maybe maybe there is something spooky going on because somebody's messing with them while they're in their tent and they're finding strange things hanging from trees and things like that. Have you ever heard of a movie like that before? No. <laughs> this is almost a it shot It reminds shot me of a bad <laughs> dream I had about the worst movie ever made. <laughs> It Book, is, of, it is Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2? Yeah, yeah, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> it is shockingly close to Blair Witch. Um, like, almost almost to the extent of being, like, ridiculous. Like, just, just call yourself a Blair Witch remake if you're going to be this close. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, though, I liked the movie. Maybe because I like Blair Witch. <laughs> and you know uh, I think sometimes that making a movie this way helps hide the fact that you're 
a little bit amateurish in the way you do it. Um, I thought the characters were okay when they had their scene where they get into a fight over the map, which you know is coming because I've seen Blur Witch before. thought it worked pretty well. One character disappears. You're like, okay, I knew he was going to be the one that disappeared. I know. I knew exactly what it was going to be. <laughs> no problem. Um, but it, it was well done. I liked it. Uh, the ending, obviously, because this is about a vampire, not a witch. It's a totally different ending than Blair, which is not that different, actually. But it's <laughs> I thought it worked really well. You know? um, so, yeah, there's one really good performance in it, too. They go to the prison to interview a guy who's um, convicted of some of the killings that they're there to investigate. And they don't think he did it kind of thing. Um, and the performance from the actor that does it, who name i probably should have looked up is really good he so he plays like kind of like the typical deranged guy like he thinks the fbi is after him and all that kind of stuff like like whatever movies do like you know how like like michael richards wasn't autistic in in uhf this guy's (laughs) not schizophrenic in this movie he's just whatever that movie version of it is that is convenient um Mm. but he does a really really good job of it and I, i very much enjoyed it so um. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to oversell the movie. It is just a cheesy Blair Witch ripoff, but I, I had fun with it, and it's it's also set in the snow, which is becomes relevant plot wise in a couple of ways, but is also just kind of fun to see, um, especially since it's all I can see if I look outside right now is snow. So <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch movies that are set in that environment. I don't know. I always think it kind of like being underwater adds a certain something to a movie. Being out in the the snowy wilderness adds something to it for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're about to get bombarded with snow starting tomorrow night. It's going to suck. That's fun. So anyways, um, well, sounds like Noah's going to run right out and watch this movie. Yeah. I think Noah should just because I, I will do that right after the guys that made Blair Witch are drunk into the street and beaten with reeds. Oh, come on. I was setting you up for a joke. You have to get all crazy there's, about it. There's nothing funny about how bad that movie is. <laughs> I love Blair Witch. Some people do. Mm-hmm. People who appreciate good movies do. Anyways, moving on. Um, Speaking of people who appreciate good movies, tell (laughs) tell us about Twister. Oh, God. It's so stupid. I've still never seen it, so I couldn't tell you. I I have never, like, I'd never seen it. I was hanging out with somebody, and they're like, you got to see it. It's fun. And I'm like, I kept saying, like, no, like, I don't know if I should. And then they're like, but Bill Paxton. And I'm like, that's a really fucking good point. And then they're like, they're like, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman gives a really good performance too. And I'm like, oh shit, like maybe I do want to see this. And they're like, Carrie Elways with a southern accent. Like, oh shit, all right, fine, be that way. I'll watch this fucking Twister. And like, let me tell you how bad this movie is. So there's a love triangle that is kind of a main plot line in this movie. So Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt are trying to get divorced so that Bill Paxton can go marry his new girlfriend, right? Like, They've been separated, but they haven't signed the papers yet. And that's kind of the kickoff to the whole movie is he comes to, to pick up the signed papers right as there's this 
great moment where they're going to be able to chase down this tornado and he ends up rejoining his old crew and dragging his ex his new girlfriend into it as they're off on their adventure right so there comes a point in the movie where you're like it's like it's time for the climax of the movie and there's still like two women and one bill paxton here like what are we going to do and the girlfriend just like out of nowhere just goes, yeah, I'm done. I don't want to be with you anymore. So I guess you can get, you can wait for me to be gone off screen for a few minutes. And then if you and your ex want to get back together, that'd be just fine. You could do that guilt free and the audience can just be happy for you with that. And she just walks off screen and is just gone from the movie. And it's like, what just happened? Like what? she's been here the whole movie and she just, all of a sudden she's just like, oh, it's really inconvenient for me to be here plot wise. I got to go now. <laughs> and then the whole thing is like with the Carrie always character is like, I guess they're like former partners and you've got like sort of like Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt and Philip Seymour Hoffman and these other people are like this sort of ragtag crew of scientists and they have their like homemade weather machine that they're trying to get to put into the twister so they can measure it to create a new warning system and all that. And then up pulls up Carrie always with his like group of guys who are really well funded and they have the fancy like looking version of this machine, but they lack the, uh, they, this is an actual plot point in the movie. They lack the instincts to track the tornadoes. So they have to like, try to follow Bill Paxton around because he knows how to tell where the tornado is going to go. And when there's an actual line of dialogue in this word, Bill Paxton says, you know, they're just in it for the money. They're not in it for the science. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole movie is these two groups, like constantly like chasing the same tornadoes. And then when it's time for your climax, tornado just, Picks carry always up, drops him until his truck explodes. Done. We're just done with him. It's just there's, it's just, there's also a just major over. plot point of them seeing somebody's yard art, which is pinwheels made out of soda cans, and it yes. inspiring them to the fact that oh, the reason why their devices that need to go up into the tornado haven't been going up into the tornado is because they didn't put anything on them to catch wind. Oh. These are tornado <laughs> experts. <laughs> smart scientist didn't, didn't know yeah yeah so that yeah everything Noah just said is correct <laughs> <laughs> but it's but then it's like Bill Paxton chasing tornadoes around how do you not enjoy that a tornado throws a cow at Bill Paxton in this movie what am I supposed to do not have fun watching that <laughs> there's a whole scene where like for no reason out of the blue they're just like Oh, wait, we're near this aunt's house. We should all go there and get her to make us steaks. And they go there and she makes some steaks. And then like 10 minutes later in the movie time, they're like, oh, my God, our tornado is headed right for that aunt's house who we all love now because we just <laughs> met her in the last scene. <laughs> and Like, it's so corny that they end up like they get there and it's destroyed. And that's where they get the idea that Noah was talking about for putting tin cans onto their fucking scientific equipment to make it fly. <laughs> but then they get Bill Paxton, like the last minute she's like, they get the ant out and they're like getting an ambulance for her. And uh, she's like, what about my dog? And then Bill Paxton comes walking out of this like semi collapsed house, just carrying a golden retriever. Like it's nothing. <laughs> and you're like, come there's on, all man. sorts of stuff. Helen Hunt's character story arc is learning to forgive the tornado because it's just an act of nature and it didn't maliciously kill her parents. That's correct. It's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but 
But by that same right, the opening scene of this movie is 69 little girl playing, you know, little version of Helen Hunt and her family's running away from a tornado and they go down in the storm cellar and the do- the door of the storm cellar starts to like rattle. So her dad goes to check on it and that tornado just rips that door off and he's hanging onto it. So he goes flying up there and I laugh out loud and applaud a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the wrong emotion, Doug. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes it's not better about whether the movie's good. It's about whether you enjoy watching it. And it, look, is this movie good? No, no, there's nothing good about this movie in the traditional sense. Is there Philip Seymour Hoffman being way too excited about tornadoes in the background of every scene? Yep, that happens. <laughs> How do you not enjoy Philip Seymour Hoffman in like fluorescent pink jumping up and down excited because a tornado comes? <laughs> I mean, you know, this this movie, it has lines like, have any of you ever seen an F5 tornado? One of us has dramatic Helen <laughs> Hunt's character. <laughs> that's correct there is there are some decent action moments in the movie like there's at one point they're all staying in a motel which is conveniently located right beside a drive-in movie theater playing the shining and uh when the tornado tears up that drive-in movie theater it does look really good and there's like the whole thing where they all have to like find a place to hide and everything's collapsing around them and it's that part's done well there's also a lot of moments in this movie where like houses are being picked up and thrown but they're driving two feet away from the house and their car is seemingly unaffected by this wind. Which is, you know, in my opinion, not exactly how it works. I don't think wind is that. <laughs> it doesn't miss one thing completely by one foot and then still be strong enough to lift up a house a foot away. But I'm also not the expert. So anyways, that's my that's my thoughts on Twister. Stupid, <laughs> terrible movie. So much fun to watch. Just <laughs> laugh out loud funny when people die in this movie so whether that was their intentions or not i'm not sure but <laughs> yeah did you watch it um, uh just to make you guys happy i did start watching a new tv show yeah so i finally got access to what we do in the shadows about oh, yeah, yes yes and I'm just jealous yeah. you get to watch it from the start not having seen it before i wish i could go back to that time in my life it is dude um like like what i'm like three or four episodes in whatever it is we've already had the werewolves show up we've already had the whole thing where the uh is it the energy vampire mm-hmm. and he he meets up with the emotional vampire <laughs> and they're having a rivalry over who can steal everyone's energy at work <laughs> And I'm sitting there thinking, thank God I work from home now. As I'm watching, I'm literally thinking, like, this is exactly accurate. This is exactly what being in an office is like. I just didn't know it was supernatural. (laughs) Fucking Colin Robinson. Yeah, Colin Robinson will become your new favorite vampire really quickly. Yeah, uh, I I enjoy it. I like when they went to, like, I loved when... um, the like the master vampire or whatever comes over and is like, have you finished conquering the new world? And then they go to the interviews and he's like, he expected us to conquer the new world, but I don't remember him mentioning it. (laughs) 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 They immediately decide to go to the Staten Island city council meeting. That's their first step to taking over. (laughs) 
And I love. And if I remember correctly, they just it's, you know they just show all the dumb people that show up to these city council meetings. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. just cut, cut to Colin Robinson, his eyes glowing, just in ecstasy the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I there's it, it'll probably wear off at some point, but the shots of them just like in normal society, but dressed in their full vampire gear. <laughs> Make me laugh. Or like, they're like, they took a bus at one point and they're all just in like classic vampire gear. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> and the fact that they're befriending the LARPers. So they'll have a constant supply of virgin blood. <laughs> it's, it's all good. And there's like, there's weirdly, there's like smart humor in the show too, that I think is not something people would expect. Like, Mm-hmm. There's a weird moment where they're like, if we take over the whole continent, that includes Canada. And the one guy's like, uh, I think there's a really good beaver pelt trade going on up there. And then like the f- <laughs> the familiar is just in the background going, that was hundreds of years ago. And it's like, that's, that's like a weirdly deep cut. Like a, you have to know the history of commerce in the country of Canada for that to be funny, but it, it's well done. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Like I said, I think yeah. it's funnier than the movie only by sheer volume because there's so much more of it than the movie. Yeah, maybe. I mean, just just wait till you get to fucking Mark Hamill. <laughs> that episode's so out of control. I'm trying to take my time with it because I think it's going to be funnier if I don't binge it. But Probably. It's... It's hard to. <laughs> yeah, I just want now want to talk about all the episodes that I know that are coming up, but that's that's no fun for yeah. you. So I don't want to do it. But is season three like the newest one? Or is there uh, four? Where where is it? I think I m- might have been up to season four. Um, I know whatever season just ended, they greenlit another season before that one even ended. So. Okay. See, it like, I'm hoping end. that, like, maybe if I, if I watch this slow enough that, like, a new season will show up before I'm done these two seasons. That's what my goal. <laughs> well, they're only like ten episodes apiece, so yeah, I'm not going to be able to hold off that long. Next week, uh, I'll be talking about the season finale of season two. They have, uh, yeah, they've done through season three. They greenlit season four before season three even ended, so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a super fun show. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it, <laughs> but I knew you guys so would be excited good. when I told you. Yeah. Cause now I'm just going to hear you talk about it every week and it makes me really excited. Yeah. Well, I, I like, it's perfect too. Cause like, it's kind of the perfect length for a show like that. I don't like, mm-hmm. I, I, for some reason I thought it was hour long episodes, which I think would be a little bit too long. Hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's the perfect just in and out type of show. Yeah, it's great. And there's so many little jokes that I just still like. They're funny every time. Like whenever they refer to that one room in the house as the fancy room, I just <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Like, why are we in the fancy room? This is a secret meeting, so it happens in the fancy room. It's all the same people who are at the non-secret meetings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. There's some great guest stars that start showing up. At the end of the first season, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know. Well, good, Doug. 
It's making me happy so far. <laughs> As it should. If you said you didn't like it, I'd be like, well, this is the last episode of the show. We did 200 of them. And then the show officially ended. Perfect. Remember when we tried to get Scott to stick around to finish up 200 episodes of the last year? <laughs> no. We wouldn't cause, do it. Because we were only like 70 episodes in or something. I think we were pushing 90. And I was like, can't we get 200? And he's like, yeah, no. I'm like, all right. Can we at least watch? Can we at least watch Chopping Mall one more time? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm you're done, Doug. Um, well, keeping with vampires. Okay. I uh, I had to write an article, so I had to rewatch the movie Night Watch, the Russian vampire movie from like 2005. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm I liked that when it came out, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that movie. Uh, and I don't I know if watched... I'd call it a vampire movie, though. Well, it's more like it... horror superheroes. A little, but it does have vampires in it. And they're a pretty big plot point. So that's that's all I was pointing to. Um, for those that may not have seen it. Uh, so back in the olden days... The sides of light and dark got into a war, but they were so evenly matched, they realized neither side could win. So they struck a truce and uh, set up essentially their own sort of policing force on each side. The people who kind of keep track of the dark, make sure they don't break the truce, is called Night Watch. And then the sides on the Dark, who keep track of the light side, is called Daywatch. Um, and this guy is uh, assigned to watch this kid, but stumbles onto this girl who uh, may or may not bring about the end of the world. So he reports that, and then uh, trying to keep track of this kid, but again, vampires show up and try to kill him, and that's that's against the truce. And he has to uh, keep an eye on him. And then sh- things go batshit insane. Um, hadn't watched it in a while. Really enjoyed it. Still holds up really well. One of my favorite things about that movie is uh, the original trailer for the film is the entire film shown in 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. But you don't know that when you're when you're watching. Um, but yeah, still holds up really well. I was worried that some of the uh, special effects were going to look dated, but I actually think they still look really good. I'm trying to remember. Is it the is it the first or the second one with the uh, dude who's like spine as a weapon? Yeah, that's the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie gets fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Pulls a giant, yeah, giant sword made out of part of his spine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was good. I'm still disappointed we never got the third one. Um, they had set it up. First trailer, if you watch it, it's like the beginning of an epic horror trilogy. And then they made the second one. And then the director went off and made that movie Wanted in the United States. And basically was like, well, I did everything I was going to do in the third one in this movie. So I'm probably, probably not going to make the third movie. And I was disappointed. So. Never got it, but oh well. We still got the first one was really good. I thought the second one was just okay. And then I guess I'll have to go read the books to get the rest of the story. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, what are we doing next week, Noah? Uh, so I was thinking the other day about how much 
fun we had watching Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. So I think we should go back to the future of prisons. <laughs> future prison week. What? <laughs> yeah. We're going to do I... No Escape from 1994 and Wedlock. Also known as Deadlock starring Rutger Howard. Mm, that's, that's why you should have just said Rutger Howard. I would have known. Future presents. The funny thing is, so from Demolition Man to that, but all right, uh, future presents. Future presents. But uh, so wedlock used to be super, super hard to find, Mm. and I was all excited because I was like, you know what, I'm going to check one more time. And now there is a crisp, clean, beautiful print of it on YouTube. Nice. And I was so excited, and I was like, I better check to make sure No Escape is still streaming somewhere. And it is streaming absolutely nowhere. Not to buy, not to rent. It's fucking, it's not on archive.org. So I uh, found a perfectly legal copy that is now saved to the uh, Google Drive. Oh, okay. I'm glad to know it's legal. I was worried about that for a second. (laughs) Yes, very legal. I was wondering where this is going. I'm just like, uh... It's great. You want to you want to watch the Rucker Hour movie, but how are we supposed to watch the other one? Yeah, I found I found it. I was I was worried that we weren't going to get to watch these great future movies, but yeah, we get to watch them. <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen Wedlock in like a real fucking long time, like since close to when it I've came out. I one. think I've never seen either one of these. So yeah, No Escape is a fucking weird movie that a lot of people don't seem to like. I fucking really dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out next week whether we like it's it. Got, or not. It's got Lance Hendricks in it. Does that help? Yeah, that does. Yeah. So it's a Ray Liotta movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Ray Liotta and Lance Hendrickson. Mm, nice. Well, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be uh, in a fun week. Usually you can't go wrong with the future prison movie. I don't think that's accurate. I'm sure there are many terrible ones. And don't challenge Noah like that. (laughs) (laughs) Future prison month. Ooh, future prison month. (laughs) You know what? Uh, I bet that's an easy one to put together because I there are a fucking lot of future prison movies. And we would have to by. uh, We'd be obligated to watch uh, Lockout. Which is like a 2010 movie. Uh, by the sheer fact that Luke Besson got sued by John Carpenter for stealing the plot of like Escape from New York or LA or whatever, <laughs> and won. Yeah. <laughs> so I always like it when they sue and win. Yeah. When the judge watched the movie and he's like, "Come on, guys, <laughs> this is obviously Escape <laughs> from New York. Come on." <laughs> the guy's the guy's name is Nape Biskin. Well, I guess speaking of, uh, I don't want to say stealing because that's not right, but overshadowing uh, other stuff. Uh, Should we talk about some Boba Fett for this week? Yeah. Boba Fett. Uh, So spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the new episode of Boba Fett, if you're waiting until the whole thing's done before you watch it, we're going to be talking about the latest episode. And it will be spoiler filled. So this episode, when when people hear this, it will no longer be the latest episode. So tell them which episode number it is. Oh, I don't know. Maybe so, neither. It's yeah. the episode of Boba Five. Fett that's an episode of a different show. Yeah, it's the, it's yeah. 
There's two episodes after this that are left of Boba Fett. So whatever, <laughs> however that works out, that'll tell you. Uh, so this episode of Boba Fett is secretly an episode of The Mandalorian. And by secretly, I mean pretty yep. blatant. The title of the episode is The Return of the Mandalorian. And it we do not see, we did not see Boba Fett once in this entire episode. Yeah. Um, I f- it's weird, isn't it? I find it weird. No, oh, because it. Because the show's so good that who cares? <laughs> My yeah. assumption is that that they were they wanted the Mandalorian to show up for the the big final fight in Boba Fett, and then they're just like it felt probably felt forced when they were just trying to do some like individual lines of dialogue to get him to show up. So they're like, "Fuck it, just make a whole episode about it. Let's get us caught up on what he's been doing since then." And uh, Helps us set up the next season of Mandalorian. Let's us name drop Grogu. <laughs> All sorts of fun stuff. Because like he builds, it's he not builds li- Grogu. Little he's got little baby armor. Yep, which is awesome. But <laughs> it's also got the. Um, it ends off his storyline and separates him from his group of. Mandalorians, like the you know the the ones that followed the way, he's no longer a member of that group. He's no he's not welcome there. So they they cut that they cut Death, that off. So Death can, Guard, I think, is what they're called. Maybe yeah. Um, which was kind of something we had talked about. I think when we discussed last season of the Mandalorian was the idea that he was having to choose between these two groups. Well, they took that choice out of his hands, which I thought was interesting. Um, now, if he doesn't want to be by himself, he's really got to go back to that other group of Mandalorians that are willing to take their helmets off sometimes. Which maybe they're doing so that Pedro Pascal can get that sweet, sweet face in front of that camera. Uh, yeah, that, that motherfucker yeah. needs to keep that helmet on. <laughs> Slap a bitch. They're also, I think the biggest thing is that they're going to go for, um, they're going to go, they, they now have the option of making him take over as the new ruler of Mandalore if they reestablish that right yeah because currently he has the dark saber which is effectively gives him the right to rule because he won it legitimately in combat or whatever and has defended it um so they've, they've set him up for go back join up with those other people go on their mission to reestablish Mandalore and then take over as ruler and or be defeated as ruler of contracts uh, don't work out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically this episode is just setting all that shit up. You guys yeah. think uh, since they're on the quest for muscle, maybe Bill Burr's character is going to get hired to be one of Boba's uh, muscle guys? Oh, maybe. So. That could happen. I'm a big fan of that character. I'd say bring him back. Because you, you could bring him back to as just a, just a one line of dialogue where it was just a case of you know, the Mandalorian just has to say, I, oh, I know a guy, if you can get him here on time or whatever, and he'll do it for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's easy enough to bring him back in. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't have a problem with that. You know what I have a problem with? Mm. Is Mando's new ship. Oh, don't like it, huh? No, well, because... <laughs> hey, look, maybe there's more information to come that I don't have yet, but he was looking for a replacement for... Didn't he live on his old ship? Pretty much. Like, so he gets this new one, which is basically what Anakin was driving at the end of episode yeah, one. Uh, old, old Republic Starfighter. 
Yeah. And the, and they talk it up like it's great, and he goes for a spin in it, and it's like, yeah, but it's a fighter ship. He can't live on it. He can't use it for bounty hunting. Like, if he goes out and captures somebody, how is he going to bring them back if he doesn't have a second seat in this thing? Mm. So. It so, is weird. We we had a reappearance of the uh, that rebel pilot played by the guy from uh, Kim's Convenience, mm-hmm. which yeah. was pretty great. Your voice sounds awfully familiar. Like, yeah. nope. Should we write this it's up? It's kind of fun. Do you want to do all that paperwork? <laughs> <laughs> that felt very honest to me. Like, they go to pull him over because he's driving like an asshole. And the cops are like, oh, oh we know the guy. Fuck it. <laughs> You're allowed to break the law if we know each other. I uh, I did like the whole thing with the, the Beskar-tipped spear. Mm-hmm. The the idea of it has to be destroyed because it's, you know, you don't make weapons out of Beskar because mm-hmm. they can get through armor. Yeah, I thought that was, I did think that was interesting that it's like we only make uh, armor out of Beskar because so that way there's no weapons that can pierce through it. And him having a weapon, she's just like, oh, no, 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 no. This will not do. We got to get rid of this. Yeah, I love that. And then we're like, well, I, I want to melt it down so that I can make some little little baby Yoda Beskar. <laughs> Looks like a chainmail suit that he's going to get. Looks like it. I'll be honest. I was super stoked that Grogu was gone. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a little hyped for Grogu to get a teeny tiny <laughs> suit of Mandalorian. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I like that he was gone, but you've intrigued me with the Jedi with Mandalore armor. Well, the whole thing is with with the dark saber in play and stuff. The Jedi have to stick around because fucking Mando's got to learn how to use the dark saber, and he can't learn it from anybody but a Jedi. So, <laughs> I'm just out. I'm a little nervous about the idea of them bringing Luke back in for more episodes, though. Mm-hmm. What we got was perfect. And it's like it, it was perfect and it's not offensive to have like just a CGI Luke for that long, but I don't want them recasting Luke and stuff. I, it makes me a little nervous. So we'll see. I don't know, the one thing I like about it is so, you know, Luke's f- fucking uh, what's what's his asshole face? The, the director of the one movie, <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Is that his name? Oh, yeah. that, that douchebag. Uh, so Why is he a douchebag? He's, he's a fucking douchebag. So he f- he f- completely fucked up the Luke character. Mm. And Disagree. I and I know that uh, Mark Hamill felt that way too. And well, Mark Hamill felt that way after all the fans started feeling that way. Yes. Yeah, well, no, I think he he was saying things whenever they were making it. Of mm. he said it's not the direction I think the character would go, but he's the director, so that's the direction we're going. But I I think that he's chomping at the bit to get a chance to, like, show Luke as the master Jedi badass that he was always supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Except, good- like, just so we're clear, uh, this is you're wrong to, to be blaming Ryan Johns for this. It's George Lucas's fault, because if George Lucas had made the sequel trilogy back when he made the prequel trilogy, we would have got that Luke. Yeah, and but then, then we, we would have still had then we would have just got, got three more bad movies. 
is also a fair point. In, instead, we got three mostly bad movies, which is slightly better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm still, I don't even know if like a lot of the, because you can say what you want, but The Last Jedi is, I think, easily the best of the oh, fuck <laughs> sequel <you>. trilogy. <laughs> I'd, agree with, I'd agree with that, too. Fuck. I don't even think it's Fuck up for both. discussion. No, I have yeah. friends that absolutely hated Last Jedi, and then uh, like drooled all over the Rise of Skywalker, and I do See, not understand it whatsoever. Well, so here's the thing: they're also fucking wrong. <laughs> like, really, Force Awakens was passable, and it, that's the best they did. They got passable on one movie, and then the other two movies were like, eh. No, I didn't hate Force Awakens. I enjoyed no. it. Yeah. I, I liked Last Jedi, and then Rise of Skywalker. I was angry walking out of the theater. Yeah. One one half passable movie was better than three bad prequels, so it all works out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll always, I'll always have like- Empire Strikes Back. That's true. I'd say out of all the new Star Wars movies, including the uh, prequels, I think Rogue One's still my favorite one. I think you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, I would put, I would say like Empire Strikes Back, New Hope, and then Return of the Jedi and uh, Rogue One are kind of like tied in that slot. Return of the Jedi's got some problems, mm-hmm. but the barge fight's so uh, fucking great. Well, in Return of the Jedi, like, barge fight is great i agree with you but the stuff with luke and vader and the emperor on the death star is so fucking good so it yeah. offsets the yeah, kind of cheesy you know the 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 marketing plan that is introducing ewoks you know <laughs> right so yeah i think really they're the they're the only thing that drags that movie down a little bit you and i still have... like i like the ewoks too which is sad but he should have stuck to his original plan and go on to the Wookiee home planet. Right. Would have been better. Yeah, but I don't think that was feasible on budget. Just mm. really weird thing to say about a Star Wars movie now. I was going to say, what budget? <laughs> he was fucking paying for him on his own. He would have been fine. I'm I'm honestly surprised he hasn't gone back and fucking used CGI's to stretch them short motherfuckers <laughs> into Wookiees. <laughs> Goddamn George Lucas. <laughs> Well, they never say Ewok in the movie, so you could. But I guess he's worried about making the two Ewok made-for-TV movies non-canon. It would also make Wookiees cannibals. <laughs> well, pretty close. Well, they're not cannibals. they humans. You need to be I cannibals, mean. they'd have to eat other Wookiees. There needs you- to be a specific term for eating sapient creatures. <laughs> Uh, we did forget to talk about the it's the return of uh, Amy Sedaris's character as the mechanic. Mm-hmm. And, and now there's a, a tie-in to the video game. Yeah, with BD One showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found out that she used to date a Jawa. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that, like, I'm trying to decide how I feel about that. Cause it's, that's so fucking silly. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's, it's silly in the same way that those goddamn steampunk fucking speeder bike bullshit gang is. 
it, it like no, it takes different. me out. It was, but it, well, that's what I was gonna say. The problem is, it was also really fucking funny. <laughs> so I can't decide if but, the joke was so fucking funny that it overrides how out. The of biggest place thing is, is it was a it was like a one line joke. We didn't see her go out to dinner with a Jawa. I think right. if we had seen her go out to dinner with a Jawa, I would have been annoyed by it. But well, to just have her say that. I kind of want to see that though in some other form, maybe in like a comic book or something. Jeez. It doesn't. Ha- so, I don't think I need to so see hairy. it. It doesn't have to be in this episode, or even in the Mandalorian or Boba Fett. It could be its own thing, and I would totally watch it. You know, in the comic books, they show Jawas outside of the robes, and they're horrible little rat creatures. <laughs> I don't. I don't need. I don't even want to see that. So hairy. <laughs> Uh, we get to see her speak Jawa, which is pretty funny. It worked a lot better than when we had to see uh, Han speak to Chewie in Solo. Oh, God. Which I'm, I'm still angry about. How did you guys feel about... So, you kind of knew it was coming, but I feel like they did it too big. When they were fixing up the ship, there's the seed of him, of course, taking a grinder to one of the outside pieces, and it shows that it's shiny chrome underneath the paint. And there's that moment of, yeah, Chrome. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. The it little was, fixing, said, up, fixing was, up the ship montage was fine. It was it was great. It was just that moment of it showing the Chrome underneath it. You know what I mean? Just for that moment. And you're like, oh, come on. We already knew it was going to be fucking Chrome when they got <laughs> done. You didn't need to have the reveal moment of there's Chrome under the paint. See, I feel like he needs to get another Razor Crest, and then uh, this ship is just like a, like his his sports car that is loaded up onto his ship. A big Grogu ship. Yeah, like the thing is, yeah this this ship is a, um, it's a fighter ship. It's not a mm-hmm. bounty hunter ship. Yeah, that's that's my point. So, I guess they did build a seat for Grogu into it. I was going to say, it's also a, quote, fingers Jedi ship, because it's the type of ship all the Jedi fighter pilots were flying back in the old Republic. And I don't know if that's hinting again. I'm assuming eventually we're going to find out that uh, Jindaran's at least Force-sensitive or something. Mm, I hope not. Yeah, I don't necessarily want him to be, but I'm fine with him learning from the Jedi how to use the Darksaber or something like that. Yeah. Or give the dark saber. Now that Grogu's getting his own best guard, just give the dark saber to him, and he becomes the first uh, Jedi Mandalorian, the second Jedi Mandalorian. So while while that excites me, and I really want that to be a thing, that also means we're going to go back to the days of flipping ninja bullshit. <laughs> I just I just can't do it. That flipping ninja bullshit. Uh, it's so bad. Not necessarily. We'll see. We'll have to see how the uh, Asuka show turns out. I feel like that's going to be a lot more like samurai-ish, which I'm totally fine with. I was getting ready to say, they went out yeah. of their way to make her fighting style now not flipping ninja bullshit. Yeah. So maybe they know what they're doing and they're not going to revert. Don't know. I don't have that much problem with flipping ninja bullshit, though. <laughs> of course you don't. But you like the prequels. I, fucking heretic. Like is, a, <laughs> like is such a strong word. I like the third one. I like elements of the first two. 
Well, anything else about this last episode of Boba Fett slash The Mandalorian episode one of no. season three? I really liked it. I know it annoyed you, Brian. That it didn't annoy me. Episode of The Mandalorian. You were it complaining did. about it an awful lot for something that you said. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's it was a great episode it's of The Mandalorian. Great episode. Not a good episode yeah. of Boba Fett. <laughs> Just from a weird story, like I don't even remember what the storyline of Boba Fett is now, because this just like grinded that to a halt, and I'm just like, oh, oh. you don't remember? Well, you that's that's on you. You don't remember so him collecting an army of steampunk douchebags? Wow. Yeah, you see, don't remember that he was see? building an army, and that this ended with him hiring like the Mandalorian in, or not hiring because he's gonna do it for free, but. Uh, it's on I, you, man. If you do so much pot that you've your short term memory is just that bad, that's not the show's fault. I wish I did pot. I've never smoked pot in my life. I'd probably feel well, a lot better if I are did. Are you sure you don't just forget that you did? Because smoked that's so a problem. much that I forgot that I do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I just feel like it grinds that to a halt. We're gonna have to catch that momentum back up in the next episode. And there's only two episodes We're left. Gonna, they're so. going to do like the previously on at the beginning. It'll be fine. I guess it's just a strain. Be expected to remember the plot two weeks later. <laughs> That's crazy. It's just a strange thing to do that when they have another season of the Mandalorian coming. But whatever. Like, like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I th- think it was probably better than all the episodes of Boba Fett so far, but uh. I am legitimately hoping now that you um, they reuse this as an episode of The Mandalorian just upset you. Why? They could have done this the whole time, those son of a bitches. Just out of sheer laziness, they just redo it. They just reuse it. Just here it is again, folks. In case you missed it. Maybe in the season of uh, Mandalorian, there'll be just one episode about Boba Fett. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's trading off. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.